VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on VCY America. It's going to be a Friday news roundup here today as we've got a lot of new stories to corral and and uh, to uh, get to your to, to bring to your attention. Our thanks to Sandy, who has spent so much time here this week getting uh, stories all prepared for us for the broadcast today and Friends, we've got uh, a lot of information, and one we're going to be focusing, first of all, at our, our border down in the southwest part of the United States and the the showdown that's happening with the uh, Texas governor here at this particular point. And it just so reminded me, I couldn't help but have it go through my mind, uh, King Belshazzar and his feast and, and uh, whining and dining and, and uh, certainly... Uh, uh, taking, making a sacrilege of the uh, stolen vessels uh, from the temple and, uh, you know, just merrymaking that was going on, totally void of God. And we saw the enemy uh, that uh, crept into and took over that uh, that uh, government at that time. And Belshazzar did not last uh, very long, did he? And uh, we see those words that were written, mini, mini, tickle you farson, and knowing that uh, the days of his kingdom were but limited. And friends, uh, as we see that uh, situation take place, we also see uh, an invasion that is taking place. No, it's not one of the same. It's just an interesting parallel that came to my mind. Uh, an invasion that is taking place whereby there are those who are sneaking into our borders, even for clandestine means. And we're going to learn about some of that taking place today. Uh, certainly, we are seeing the proliferation of, of drugs taking place. We are seeing human trafficking taking place. Uh, we are seeing the uh, matter of uh, uh, murders that have happened as a result. And uh, certainly, the, uh, the the defense walls of our nation, so to speak, have been broken down. We're going to begin here with a story from cnsnews.com about the Supreme Court ruling this past Monday that the Biden administration can resume cutting the wire fence Texas installed to deter illegal immigrants trying to break into the U.S. Governor Abbott declared that this fight to secure the border is not over, uh, saying that uh, the uh, razor wire is an effective deterrent to the illegal crossings that President Joe Biden encourages. Uh, Also, we have uh, coming from CBN News that Texas Governor Abbott declared his state had a constitutional right to defend itself despite federal statutes that stand in the way. In a lengthy statement signed and dated January 24th, the Republican governor said, quote, the federal government has broken the compact between the United States and the states. The executive branch of the United States has a constitutional duty to enforce federal laws protecting the states, including immigration laws, on the books right now. President Biden had refused to enforce those laws and has now even violated them. The result is that he has smashed records for illegal immigration, Abbott said. He blamed the Biden administration for the roughly six million migrants who have illegally entered the U.S. over the past three years, alleging the administration has instructed its agencies to ignore the statutes that mandate the detention of illegal immigrants and to allow them en masse parole into the United States. Meanwhile, federal officials have renewed demands for the Lone Star State to give Border Patrol agents access to a riverfront park in the border city of Eagle Pass that's a popular corridor for migrants entering the United States illegally. We also have a story from the Associated Press about Texas seizing control of the park this month began denying entry to the Border Patrol agents. Tuesday, DHS sent the letter uh, as a state letter demanding access to Shelby Park, which is next to the Rio Grande. Uh, to our knowledge, uh, Texas has only permitted access to Shelby Park by allowing public entry for a memorial, the media, and use of the golf course adjacent to Shelby Park, all while continuing to restrict U.S. Border Patrol access to the park, the letter said, and asked Texas to respond by today. Uh, also, we have uh, uh, a report indicating that there have been some 25 Republican governors that issued a statement uh, to uh, stand in support of Governor Abbott and, con- and the constitutional right to self-defense for the state of Texas. 
And the letter stating President Biden and his administration have left Americans in our country completely vulnerable to unprecedented illegal immigration pouring across the southern border. Instead of upholding the rule of law and securing the border, the Biden administration has attacked and sued Texas for stepping up to protect American citizens from historic levels of uh, illegal immigrants, deadly drugs like fentanyl and terrorists entering our country. We stand in solidarity with our fellow Governor Greg Abbott in the state of Texas and utilizing every tool and strategy. Well, the governors of these states signed on to this letter, Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, uh, Florida, Georgia. Uh, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Utah, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Uh, from ToddStarns.com, the uh, South Dakota Governor Christy Noem said her state stands ready to help and uh, repel the invading horde of illegal aliens, saying if Greg Abbott needs more razor wire, I'll load it into a pickup myself, she said to Fox News. And um, she is going to be heading down to the border, too, we understand. Just the news reporting that former President Trump yesterday expressed support for Governor Abbott's efforts to secure the border uh, amidst the perceived federal apathy toward the unprecedented surge in illegal border crossings. Trump, for his part, vowed to back Texas and to work with states to secure the border. Todd Starnes also telling us that a convoy of trucks, cars, recreational vehicles heading to the border for a series of rallies from California to Eagle Pass, Texas. Noel Roberts of Take Our Borders Back said the rallies are peaceful protests meant to send a message to lawmakers that Americans are fed up with the illegal alien invasion. There's going to be a one rally in, in California, one February 3rd, including Eagle Pass, Texas, and Yuma, Arizona as well. From Breitbart, President Joe Biden's deputies have let 6.2 million illegal migrants into the United States. That's according to the Congressional Budget Office, the CBO. Biden's southern inflow is more than one migrant for every two American births since January of 2021. Grasp that number. The southern inflow under Joe, under Joe Biden is more than one migrant for every two American births since January of 2021, reports Breitbart. From off the press, Tammy Nobles, a devastated mother who lost her 20-year-old daughter, has filed a massive $100 million lawsuit against the U.S. federal government. The lawsuit claims that the government failure to stop a teenage MS-13 gang member from El Salvador who allegedly raped and murdered her daughter was equivalent to playing Russian roulette with our lives. She's accused both the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Health and Human Services of utter negligence, claiming that they overlooked the suspect's identity and permitted him entry into the country. The Western Journal telling us that immigration and customs enforcement agents arrested a Colombian national convicted murder last month in New Jersey. The man entered the country at an unknown date and time and at an unknown area of the country's wide-open southern border. Western Journal reports uh, uh, this story, and, and uh, Fox News also reported that the subject was counted as a gotaway, meaning he was detected when he crossed into the U.S., but was not apprehended by Border Patrol agents. The man whose identity not released will be held in ICE custody until he can be deported back to Colombia. Convicted of murder found hiding in the United States. You know, we told you about the individual who crossed the border and was asked, where are you from? And the the person, the illegal alien coming across the border said, you're not smart enough to know who I am. Um, and come to find out, those uh, there are those who have uh, been reporting that the appearance, uh, Jihad Watch, and I believe Pamela Geller had this as well, the appearance looks like it could be Mavsum Samadov, the head of the Islamic Party of Azerbaijan, who served 12 years in prison and was released in January 2023. I'm not saying it is that person. It looks an awful lot alike uh, to, to that person. And uh, certainly uh, it is uh, a posting on X said the alleged terrorist warning Americans soon. You'll know who I am appears to be this Mavsum Samadov. Could it be that uh, the one who has been threatening, even with that statement, that uh, uh, you're not smart enough to know who I am, but you will, you will know, uh, could be the one who is uh, the head of the Islamic Party of Azerbaijan. 
Uh, that's a speculation here at this point. Uh, this coming from Jihad Watch, uh, half the shootings in Burlington, Vermont, linked to immigrants. The uh, Burlington mayor, Miro Weinberger, said we're not used to this level of violence in Vermont. Jihad Watch indicates the shooters in Burlington, Vermont, are more likely to be Muslim male teens. From townhall.com, as the Biden border crisis worsens, House Republicans' efforts to pursue accountability for Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas continue to speed ahead as the impeachment inquiry against the DHS chief is about to enter a new phase. According to the House Committee on Homeland Security, members will gather next Tuesday, 10 o'clock, to uh, begin the markup of their articles of impeachment against Mayorkas for high crimes and misdemeanors. Town Hall also reporting that the House Judiciary Committee Chair Jim Jordan is continuing to hold members of the Biden administration accountable for the crisis at the southern border, this time when it comes to Health and Human Services Secretary Becerra. On Tuesday, the chairman subpoenaed Becerra, noting in his letter that he was looking into the Office of Refugee Resettlement and its handling of unaccompanied alien children at the border. Western Journal is reporting that Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson of Louisiana says he directly confronted President Joe Biden about the border crisis and told him in no uncertain terms, quote, do your job. The speaker also was asked if he would succumb to pressure to accept the Democrats' plans for the border. He said, no one is strong-arming me, I told the president. I looked right across the table from him in the cabinet officials' room, and I said, Mr. President, you have the authority right now to end this catastrophe. It's your actions that created it, Johnson said. He said he presented Biden with 64 documented instances of actions by his administration that led directly to the border crisis. The speaker said the ball is really in the president's court, and no new laws are needed to solve the problem saying Biden needs to start enforcing the laws that we already have. Newsmax telling us that with migrant encounters an all-time high, researchers have found that Congress has appropriated $20 billion over the last two fiscal years to fund refugee and entrant assistance. How do you like that? Entrant assistance. And from Just the News, uh, Iowa Republicans uh, Senator Chuck Grassley Wednesday urged the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI to act on evidence of human trafficking that his office received from whistleblowers highlighting reports of 85,000 missing migrant children. In writing to the FBI Director Christopher Wray and uh, uh, DHS Secretary Mayorkas, Grassley said DHS has failed to articulate a plan for recovering these vulnerable children. And uh, equally troubling are reports my office has received from credible whistleblowers identifying specific children placed in the hands of probable traffickers by HHS despite clear red flags, as well as allegations of deliberate indifference to their suffering, both by HHS and non-governmental organizations responsible for identifying and vetting sponsors and transporting children to their custody. And from Fox News, nearly 200 people have been arrested, charged in a series of law enforcement actions targeting large-scale drug trafficking organizations throughout the country, according to the Justice Department, and uh, defendants in 10 states across the nation, including Alaska, netting uh, 50 kilograms of fentanyl, 70 kilograms of meth. These arrests uh, come as the nation continues to deal with this fentanyl crisis. The latest numbers show that death uh, drug deaths hit a new record in 2022 when 109,680 people died. Some are saying uh, F- ex, uh, FBI officials warning of a soft invasion at the border. Friends, more issues after the break. This is Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and creation researcher with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, where do fingerprints come from? Chris, fingerprints are unique for each individual, produced by nuances in the genetic code. Now, koala bears also have fingerprints which look surprisingly like human fingerprints, even though in evolution we're not closely related to the koala bears. These are much more human-like than are those pseudo-fingerprints of chimpanzees, which evolutionists think are our closest relative. And how can that be? Evolutionists conclude koala bears and humans evolved their fingerprints independently a convenient non-answer to evidence which fits creation and not evolution. Chris, the evidence doesn't fit evolution because evolution isn't true. 
We were created in God's image, separate from the animals, just like it says back in Genesis. Thanks, Dr. Morris. For more on creation, visit our website at www.icr.org. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. It's a news roundup day here today on the broadcast and uh, certainly keeping you abreast of a number of issues going on. Uh, you know, the first segment uh, dealing with the matters going on at the border. It's been a hotbed of activity going on. And uh, we know that uh, there is much at stake as it relates to this nation as to uh, certainly having open borders. And that's what's been going on over the past few years. Let's get to some other issues, though. Um, This coming from uh, WND and the Daily Caller News Foundation, the Biden administration is pausing the review process for liquefied natural gas export terminals. It's a move that could have serious repercussions for American energy dominance. The White House has ordered the pause and instructed the Department of Energy to assess the climate impacts of proposed export terminals as a factor in determining whether they are in the public interest. While the decision does not outright kill the CP2 project or other LNG export facilities, it could be the first step toward toward cancellations and potentially shake up the financing already in place for the massive infrastructure projects. Just last August, former President Trump, he was uh, being interviewed on Fox News uh, about energy and his philosophy is to drill. Here's a clip from that interview. Important answer, and I mean it, drill, baby, drill. We have to bring it down. We have something that nobody else has. I mean, other countries have some of it, but we have actually more than any other country. People don't know that we have more oil and gas under our, I call it liquid gold, under our feet than any other country, more than Saudi Arabia, more than Russia, and we don't use it. We go to Venezuela now to buy their tar. You know, they don't have very good stuff. They're very thick, very heavy. And you know where it's uh, refined? In Houston, Texas, it's the only plant that can refine it. So if you're a big believer in this, it goes all the way up. It goes through those stacks and it goes all the way up into the atmosphere. So who would ever thought that we have the best stuff there is right under our feet? And yet we go to Venezuela. We're buying it from Venezuela and other places. These people, Larry, these people are crazy. President Trump speaking this uh, several months ago on energy independence there. Uh, From Fox News, Peter Navarro, who served in the White House under former President Trump, sentenced yesterday for flouting a House January 6th committee subpoena. Huh. Sentenced Navarro to four months in prison, ordered him to pay $9,500. Didn't Hunter Biden do something like that, folks? Oh, yeah, yeah, a pass is given there, and and we're just going to issue a new subpoena. Um, This was a uh, a $9,500 fine, Order to four months in prison. From LifeSiteNews.com, the day before the first presidential primary vote in New Hampshire, Donald Trump gave a speech in Laconia on January 22nd in which he denounced the entire globalist agenda and vowed to demolish the deep state. Trump said, quote, 2024 is our final battle. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. We will expel the warmongers. We will get rid of the globalists. We will throw off the sick political class that hates our country. We will rout the fake news media. We will liberate our country from these tyrants once and for all. We will take back our country on Election Day 2024. Now, I found that very interesting because uh, and I'm just going to go back a couple weeks ago to the World Economic Forum. Remember the World Economic Forum having their, their meeting in Davos, Switzerland? Well, there was a panel discussion that was going on there, and the moderator at this panel discussion, the World Economic Forum, said that there is a risk that the wrong leaders will get elected in 2024. Let's listen in. Another risk, election risk. Huge, huge, critical year for the world. How are we assessing the election risk? There is a risk the wrong leaders will get elected. There is a risk that the world will get 
even more fragmented. How are you looking at it at SMP? It's a, one of the most important aspects of what we look at when we look at credit risk, we look at country risk and our research and analytics. It's one of the top risks for this year. We, we're discussing what could be some of the implications of the different elections, but it's also in light of the environment we're in. If we had some of the election outcomes and it was a benign uh, macroeconomic and, mm-hmm. and geopolitical environment, may, we might not worry about it, but we have wars, we have dislocation, we have fragmentation. We have to see what the outcomes are in the elections, but we could end up with more fragmentation. The direction could be more pulling apart. Fortunately, uh, uh, the United States has very strong institutions, the Congress and the courts. We're going to have to rely on them depending on what the outcome of the election is. And we also need to make sure that we stay engaged through the global institutions like the United Nations, like NATO, uh, other organizations around the world. And I add into that also trade pacts. So it's on our it's on our radar screen when we look at risk and we do projections. Uh, and so this is going to be year we got to watch. Yeah, again, fortunately, he said the United States has very strong institutions, the Congress and the courts. We are going to have to rely on them depending on what the outcome of the election is, because uh, they know that if the election would go to Joe Biden, then then he is in their pocket. I mean, it is no doubt and uh, no no big surprise that that uh, the the globalists are wow, you know, wanting him to be receiving the vote of the people of the United States. And I find it also interesting that as that panel discussion goes on, they were talking about how to Trump-proof their countries and Trump-proof the economies of their countries, etc. Well, former President Trump did win the Republican nomination there at the uh, New Hampshire primary. We understand, according to um, American Military News, it broke the state's presidential primary election record with 165,629 votes uh, taking place. Uh, A CNN exit poll in New Hampshire estimated that roughly 70 percent of the individuals, roughly 70 percent of the individuals who voted for Haley in New Hampshire were not registered as Republicans. Newsmax.com reporting a move to challenge former Trump, uh, former President Trump's candidacy in Massachusetts because of his role in January 6 uh, has been dismissed by a state ballot panel. The Massachusetts State Ballot Commission rejected the case, saying it did not have jurisdiction to take up the issue. Also, Maine Supreme Court dealt a blow uh, to the uh, keeping Trump off the, the, the ballot there. Uh, we see that the Maine Supreme, uh, Superior, uh, Supreme Judicial Court dismissed an appeal from Maine's Democratic Secretary of State, Chenna Bellows, who attempted to keep Trump off the ballot. The Supreme Court of the United States will be hearing arguments on this case on February 8th, not very long from now. Also uh, uh, from FoxNews.com, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley facing growing calls for her to leave the presidential race as the RNC nearly considered a resolution to declare President Trump the party's presumptive nominee for president in 2024. Interesting story from Newsmax.com. A voting systems expert testifying in a Georgia trial last week demonstrated that Dominion voting system machines were so easily hackable he could use a big pen and smart card to copy, edit, and change votes in seconds, according to Law 360 Pulse, which is covering the trial. Professor J. Alex Halderman of the University of Michigan, the author of a highly publicized report detailing deficiencies in Dominion's voting machines, testified at an Atlanta trial Thursday, uh, that was last Thursday, in a case filed in 2017 against the state of Georgia. Well, the suit was originally filed by the Coalition for Good Governance. Uh, They asked a federal judge to order Georgia to stop using Dominion. Uh, Haldeman, who wrote a 96-page report in July of 21, began the demonstration before the U.S. District Court Judge Amy Totenberg in Atlanta by asking a plaintiff's attorney to borrow a pen, Law 360 Pulse reported. The professor then inserted the pen into the Dominion voting machine and held it there for a few seconds, which caused, caused the machine to reboot into safe mode, according to Halderman. Halderman then explained that a person could copy or change files with the voting machine, change its operating systems, or install malware. Halderman said accessing the terminal emulator could allow a user to bypass the computer's normal security settings and obtain super user access, something that allows a person to read, monitor, and change anything, including ballots on the voting machine, with no limits, Law 360 Pulse reported. He said all it takes is five seconds and a big pen. 
From Just the News, the United Auto Workers Union Wednesday endorsed President Joe Biden's 2024 re-election bid during its conference in Washington, D.C. Uh, if you remember, they were on strike in 2023. Uh, Joe Biden joined the, stri- the picket line there and uh, saying the choice is clear. Joe Biden bet on the American worker while Do- Donald Trump blamed the American worker, they said. If our endorsements must be earned, Joe Biden has earned it, said the UAW President Sean Fain. Former President Trump, for his part, had urged auto workers to resist the Biden administration's electric vehicles push. Well, also interesting news uh, from the state of Arizona. This from WND.com State GOP Chairman Jeff DeWitt announced his resignation. A report from a Fox affiliate in Phoenix reveals that the newest brush with conflict came about because several media outlets wrote about an audio recording that surfaced in which DeWitt allegedly offered Carrie Lake money in order to keep her out of the 2024 election cycle. In a letter announcing his decision to leave, DeWitt claimed Lake ex- uh, released a selectively edited audio re- record, a record of our private conversation, and that was actually deceptive. He wrote that the recording from over 10 months ago was not only taken out of context, but also undermines the integrity of private discussions critical for party leadership. The ethical breach in her recordings of our conversation while Lake was my employee raises serious legal and moral concerns. Well, he closed his letter with his announcement that I'm doing as Ms. Lake wishes and I'm stepping down as chairman of the Arizona Republican Party. American Family News is reporting record-breaking illegal immigration is not what Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris focused on Tuesday during the New Hampshire primary. They made their first joint appearance of the year. The topic was abortion. When Biden and Harris shared a stage in Virginia with a banner behind them in bold white letters declaring, Restore Roe. Biden told women in attendance that Donald Trump is to blame for restrictive access to abortion. They're trying to find something that works with the populist movement, Representative uh, Rich McCormick said on Washington Watch Wednesday, he said that's not going to win an election by itself. And certainly I think over time when we find our morality and when we find what's right, what's good for human dignity, for the rights of women who are unborn as well as born, I think we'll be on the right side of history on this, McCormick told Tony Perkins. From LifeNews.com, Joe Biden uh, headlined a pro-abortion rally promising he would sign legislation to kill babies and abortions up to birth if Democrats win complete control of Congress this November. He said this, quote, give me a Democratic House of Representatives and give me a bigger, bigger Democratic Senate where we will pass a new law restoring and protecting Roe v. Wade and I will sign it up immediately. Well, we do know under Roe v. Wade that babies were killed right up to the moment before birth. LifeNews.com reporting the Wisconsin State Assembly passed uh, Assembly Bill number 975. It was on a 53 to 46 vote, uh, permitting abortion up to 14 weeks gestation. A student from the Milwaukee or Wisconsin Medical Center at this public hearing on Monday made a uh, at a public hearing, it went into this tantrum against ethical decency, declaring she will leave the state if barred from, from aborting full-term babies. I think abortion should be unrestrictive. And I think when somebody finds out in pregnancy, when or how far along that they are when someone finds out, they should be able to get an abortion if they want to. And for some people, that is full-term. If I can't get abortion training here, if I can't perform abortions in my career, I will not stay in Wisconsin. And a lot of my colleagues who are on the same track agree. All right. Thank you. That will do nothing to help our shortages. Yeah. Well, so there you have a legislator commenting on that. It'll do nothing to help our shortages if you leave. I mean, if we can't kill babies, I mean, we're going to have a shortage of doctors and medical professionals in our state. And friends, you know what I say? Good riddance. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Crosstalk. We say we need revival. But are we willing to totally submit to God and allow Him to work? At the beginning of his ministry, Harold Vaughn set out on a journey to answer the question, what sparks revival and how can we see it today? 
His journey led him to Northern Ireland to experience what God did in the past. When revival broke out in Ireland, the bars closed. Thieves returned stolen goods. Transformation took place across the country. But the question remains, how do we prepare our heart and our church for revival? Every revival can be traced to a kneeling figure. Are we ready for revival? See the documentary, Revival with Harold Vaughn, available for a donation of $15. Your order includes a Blu-ray disc, a DVD, and a digital download. Call VCY America, 1-800-729-9829. We've got a news roundup day here today on Crosstalk. I've got some more topics and issues I'd like to bring to your attention today. And Lord willing, we'll be opening up some phone lines just a little bit later. But uh, dealing with this abortion issue, I mean, here we have a medical student saying, you know, if I can't perform full term abortions, uh, you know, I, I, we're going to leave the state. And yeah, goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, and, you know, there, there's many openings that are going on in, in China right now. Certainly uh, for, you know, forced abortions in some cases, and and uh, we have seen different policies happening in different countries. But, uh, yeah, it's um, – don't want your uh, services here by any means. Taking human life and, and doing so uh, uh, through all stages of development uh, of, of uh, pregnancy, uh, friends, life begins at conception. It begins at conception, and the Scripture says that God hates the hands that shed innocent blood. From LifeSaintNews.com, Operation Rescue released its latest annual survey of American abortion facilities for 2023, finding that the total number of clinics shut down after the loss of uh, the pro-abortion precedent is now almost 140, although the abortion industry is hard at work to offset their losses with new pill-only abortion centers. Operation Rescue's... uh, Survey revealed that 49 abortion mills shut down last year, which then combined with 88 closed in the previous year, bringing the total to 137 closing since uh, the Dobbs ruling. 53, though, have either opened or resumed committing abortions this year, 79% of which exclusively deal in abortion-inducing drugs and uh, not surgical abortions. Roughly 670 abortion clinics continue to operate throughout the United States. From LifeSiteNews.com, the uh, March for Life rally held in uh, very snowy Washington, D.C. this past Monday. The speaker, Mike Johnson, uh, declared, I myself am the product of an unplanned pregnancy. In January of 1972, exactly one year before Roe v. Wade, my parents, who were just teenagers at the time, chose life, and I'm profoundly grateful that they did. He confided to the cheering crowd. Uh, talking about this being a time to promote quality health care for women and their unborn children. Talking about a critical time to help all moms who are facing unplanned pregnancies, to work with foster children, to help families who are adopting, to volunteer and assist our vital pregnancy resource centers and our maternity homes, and to reach out a renewed hand of compassion and to speak the truth in love. Good news out of the state of Missouri. From LifeNews.com, in his final State of the State address, pro-life Missouri Governor Mike Parson on Wednesday touted his success at making his state abortion-free, saying we have fought the fight for life and reduced the number of abortions in our state from 8,000 annually to zero. I'll be leaving here with my my head held high, Parson said. LifeNews.com also reporting in March, uh, well, that Joe Biden wants to put a six- Six pro-life Americans in prison for a decade for protesting abortion. In March, a group of 20 pro-life advocates walked into Carafem Health Center in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, blocked the entrance to the clinic for two hours. The activists sang and talked to women who had come to the clinic to seek an abortion. When asked to leave by police officers, the advocates refused. This week, the trial began for the six of the defendants, who range in age from 50 to 70. The trial comes months after nine pro-life activists were convicted in Washington, D.C. for violating the FACE Act, if convicted in this week's trial. Now, friends, you think of all that's gone on in all the so-called peaceful protests across the nation, the shutting down of highways across this nation, the shutting down of the U.S. Capitol and, and uh, office buildings, etc., 
and the marches that have taken the pro-Palestinian marches and shutting down railways and and uh, uh, airports. Well, if convicted in this week, the six defendants who closed down an abortion clinic for a couple of hours could face up to 11 years in federal prison and up to $250,000 in fines. Coming up soon will be the State of the Nation Address. The White House announced Wednesday that Kate Cox, a woman at the center of a contentious abortion case in Texas, has accepted the invitation to attend President Joe Biden's State of the Union after he pledged to put abortion at the center of his 2024 campaign. Cox is in the middle of a lawsuit against the state of Texas, challenging a state law preventing her from aborting her 20-week-old child, whom she claimed had trisomy 18. Cox was initially granted a stay of the law by a court in December, but the state Supreme Court ruled only days later that the lower court erred in providing a temporary injunction. As a result, she left Texas to obtain an abortion, according to the Associated Press. Another issue from not the bee, the federal court has declared that the Trudeau government's use of emergencies act during the 2022 trucker convoy in Ottawa violated the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. It was a ruling from Justice Mosley, deemed the decision unreasonable and beyond the scope of their law. Tragic story here from LifeSiteNews.com. As uh, masking up is, is happening in many, many locations, many different countries, and, uh, and even uh, struggling with two-year-olds aboard flights to wear masks when that was mandated. And now out of Taipei, Taiwan, an 11-month-old boy, a baby boy, suffocated after being forced to wear a mask at a daycare facility in Taiwan. The mask had become soaked with the baby's tears and mucus from crying as a frustrated child tried to reject the mask, inhibiting his ability to breathe. Multiple local news outlets offer the same details surrounding the tragic occurrence, noting that all the children at the infant care center were required to wear face masks due to an increase in childhood colds and flu in the region. The parents are heartbroken reportedly had tried for nine years to conceive and have a child and have been preparing for their son's, their only son's, first birthday. They've now filed a lawsuit against the daycare manager and three staff members for negligent homicide, according to FocusTaiwan.tw. From Western Journal, an emerging partnership between North Korea and Russia taking shape amid fears that North Korean leader Kim Jong-un is leaning toward launching a war. Last week, Kim called for North Korea's constitution to be revised to say that South Korea is its principal enemy. Is that something? To revise your constitution declaring South Korea as being your principal enemy? That's according to the BBC. That was followed on Sunday by announcement from North Korea's foreign ministry that Russia and North Korean officials share a strong will to further strengthen strategic and tactical cooperation in defending the core interests of the two countries and establishing a new multipolarized international order, according to the New York Post. Uh, That's kind of what we were hearing from the World Economic Forum, wasn't it? The North Korean foreign ministry also condemned U.N. Security Council for responding to the test of what state media called an intermediate-range missile tipped with a hypersonic warhead by calling for an emergency meeting. Russia also shared deep thanks to North Korea for its full support in the war with Ukraine. Well, friends, the International Court of Justice will not dismiss a genocide suit against Israel. They did stop short of calling for a ceasefire, but that uh, vote coming forth just earlier today... Lord willing, we're going to be uh, having a representative uh, from Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry on Monday's program. This would be Dr. Jim Showers, the who heads the organization. Let me just uh, mention here lots of other matters that are going on that I'm going to have to skip over, it appears. Oh, yes, we mentioned here on Crosstalk about the Ohio Senate voting to override, thankfully, Governor DeWine's veto that will protect minors from experimental transgender treatments. Uh, They're called gender-affirming care, also to safeguard fairness in women's sports. Praise the Lord for that decision that was handed out. Um, This will now protect gender-confused children from medical mutilation and protect females from having to compete against biological males in interscholastic sports, says Liberty Council's Matt Staver. Um, Friends, let's open some phone lines here today on Crosstalk. If you want to comment on these or other current event stories, our number 800 
800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. From hotair.com, Governor Prisker is bragging that Illinois is setting records in cannabis sales. Setting records in cannabis sales. Um, uh, there is a Interesting uh, that uh, due to his leadership, pot and abortions are now the two hottest growth industries in the state of Illinois, says uh, Tom Bevan in a uh, X uh, tweet that went out. Um, 50% increased risk of bipolar and schizophrenia disorders after marijuana reports marijuana studies. But listen to this. Where is this all heading? Western Journal tells us a California woman who stabbed her boyfriend to death 108 times during a cannabis-induced psychosis. A cannabis-induced psychosis stabbed her boyfriend allegedly 108 times, was sentenced to community service, and a shocking case that critics are slamming as a gross miscarriage of justice. On Tuesday, sentenced to 100 hours of community service and two years probation for the May 2018 death of her 26-year-old boyfriend, the Ventura County Star reported. In administering the slap on the wrist, Ventura County Superior Court Judge David Worley said that she had no control over her actions when she stabbed him in his apartment because she was under the influence of weed. Friends, that's where this is happening. Sorry, you're not responsible for your actions anymore. It was, the, it was the weed's fault. LifeSiteNews.com says Oregon Democrats are backtracking on their support for the decriminalizing of drugs. Uh, the, they're just seeing the, the amount of crime going off the charts. Uh, they, they are also seeing a, a deaths that are taking place uh, in the state of Oregon and having second thoughts about the legalization that they did. Well, I've got more stories, but let's go to the phone lines here today on Crosstalk. We're going to begin with Wayne and Gregory, South Dakota. Wayne, you're on the air. Hi, thank you. Uh, I wanted to make a quick comment. You were mentioning about the pro-life folks that are going to get a, possibly could get a very stiff 11-year sentence. Did you hear in Seattle, uh, I think it was 50 Black Lives Matter uh, rioters are going to get about $200,000 each because they were handled a little bit too roughly by the police. So they're wow. going to get about 200000 bucks apiece out of the deal. I guess justice, so where, justice is not equal. Nowadays. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Thank you, Wayne, for your comment. John in Lance, Michigan, you're on the air. Hello. Thank you. I, uh, in addition to the uh, woman who's going to leave Wisconsin if she can't perform an abortion, I'm still waiting for all the movie stars who said that they were going to leave the United States when Trump was elected. Mm. I. I'm not going to hold my breath. Thank you for your time. Okay, thank you for your call. Tom in Port Wing, Wisconsin, you're on the air. Uh, Yeah, Jim, I wanted to comment about the great consternation over the hired killer that got the death penalty. While we have babies who've done no wrong, dismembered in their mother's womb, making it virtually impossible for them to survive. Yet this woman's son's, were gray-haired old men now waiting for justice to be served. And I believe justice delayed is justice denied. Okay. Thank you, Tom, for your comments. Friends, uh, this is Crosstalk. It's a news roundup Friday. And if you'd like to comment on these or other current event stories, our number is 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. Uh, Just moments from a break, and uh, let me just share this, too. The uh, Israeli military says that in southern Gaza, uh, the city of, uh, I believe it's uh, Khan Yunus, is now completely encircled. IDF forces are taking control in the city center. Defense uh, Minister Gallant uh, visited the unit of the Combat Engineering Corps and uh, said more than 100 terrorists had come come out from the tunnels to surrender in the past couple of days. Uh, Again, more on Israel coming up on Monday, but uh, we'll be back in one minute here on Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. A startling new poll shows that 67% 
of young people, 18 to 24 years of age, believes that the Jews are a class of people that oppress others. 67% believe that. They're buying into the anti-Semitism. Well, as they get older in age, they reject that lie. Those that are 55 to 64, 85% say that's a lie. 65 plus, 91% say it's a lie to believe that the Jews are a class of people that oppress others. They say that's a false ideology. Why is it that those who are 65 years of age and older, that 91% don't buy this lie? One word, education. When it comes to our churches and our young people, it's, I think, what's being taught from the pulpits. Are our churches teaching the truth about the Jewish people? I pray they are. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. We're going right back to the phone lines with uh, Dave in Arizona. Dave, you're on the air. Uh, Yes, I just wanted to uh, call and uh, voice my opinion against the uh, murder of the the most innocent babies that we have. And I think uh, as a country, we're going to still pay for that. And um, so it's kind of a sad situation. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I had. Thank you, Dave. Chuck in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you're on the air. Hi, Jim. I just wanted to comment to the medical student that spoke in Wisconsin. She clearly was born sometime during Roe versus Wade, and anybody who has been born since that time should be (laughs) pro-life. And thank you very much, Jim. Okay, thank you. Sarah is next in Wind Lake. You're on the air. I'm calling about the 11-month-old in Taiwan and how that breaks my heart. And I just want to say that, parents, we have to stop believing that anybody else but you has the best interest of your child in mind. Mm. Nobody cares about your child the way that you do. Not the teachers, not the daycares, nobody. So you need to consider truly what is most important in your life. And it ought to be, you know, your children. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Mark in Monroe, you're on the air. Yes, uh, I thought it was uh, interesting yesterday in Wisconsin when uh, Evers introduced uh, Biden as the big guy. I Mm. didn't hear uh, sirens going off with any uh, global shockwaves by the main scheme media connecting it with Hunter Biden. Very interesting. uh, Burisma scandal. In other words, I guess if it's not Trump-related, it's no biggie. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Mark. I had not heard that. Let's well, go to, I'm sorry about that. Doug in South Dakota, you're on the air. Yes. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, where is all this border crisis going to end up? We got Texas trying to defend it, and now other states are supporting in defending it. Yeah. When is Biden going to wake up? You know, that's an interesting question because he is trying to force force uh, Texas uh, to surrender, in essence. And and there are Democrats who are calling upon President Biden to nationalize the the Texas National Guard. And well, take, take control uh, over the National Guard. Le- What's that? And to take control over the Texas National Guard. Yeah, well, we got to step up and do something. I don't know. Is it going to take up? A full military type thing? Well, we sure hope not, Doug. Thank you for the call. Bill in Blue River, you're on the air. Yes, Brother Jim. Uh, I appreciate your ministry and a lot of new topics. I just had an interesting view uh, I observed on the radio or on the television, rather, in regards to an alderman from Naperville, Illinois, that's uh, wanting the uh, illegals to stay with uh, the residents of his township. Yeah. Or in that area, so I, I just wonder how many uh, he has living with him currently. <laughs> Great question. What's, and what, by the way, brother, go to church this Sunday and pray for our nation. Yeah, thank you, Bill. Uh, we've got the Robin next in Monticello, Kentucky. You're on the air. Uh, yes, um, I would like to give a comment about uh, Israelis and the, the problems they were having with the tunnels over there in Gaza. Um, in Vietnam, we had a lot of problems with the Vietnamese, the North Vietnamese, building tunnels all through Saigon, and all the 
U.S. bases that we had. And it was unbelievable. They had hospitals. They had all kinds of unbelievable tunnels. And uh, we should have learned, or everybody should learn lessons. They're building tunnels even in America. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Jim in Gilbert, Arizona, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I just called because wasn't it the government that shut us down because of COVID and they shut our country down? But yet we're allowing illegal immigrants to come in with all these diseases, spreading diseases we've not had in, yeah. ever for a while. But yeah. uh, it's just I find it ironic that they won't shut the border down, but they'll shut our country down. Yep, yeah. it's it's a really quite a double standard, Jim. Yes, exactly. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Uh, J.D. in Corbin, Kentucky, you're on the air. Yes, uh, you know, you always hear about Joe Biden. He's always saying, build back better. That's why I think there's no plan to fix anything, because the plan was to destroy everything. Mm -hmm. That's all I've got to say. Okay, thank you. Well, you know, and and many have said that, uh, because very much an advocate for this, this great reset in global government, and for there to be a great reset, you've got to have a great destruction of that which exists. And, and this is why sovereignty, the knocking down of sovereignty, is so important for the globalists to take place. I mean, to hold a discussion worrying about countries might elect the wrong people, might elect the wrong people. What happened to the sovereignty of nations? Whatever happened to that? And friends, as we are approaching the month of May as well, when we think about this pandemic treaty and trying to force upon nations of the world to succumb and surrender their sovereignty to the World Health Organization, for they to be the ones to take control over uh, what uh, what should happen as far as staying open or closing down or or telling people what uh, shots that they have to have or who can fly and who can't fly and and passports and and uh, what businesses can stay open and if a declaration is made for the closing down of a society that they'd have the authority as this international organization to do this friends that's troubling we're going to pick up one last call bill in port charlotte florida you're on the air yes thank you for taking my call uh on this abortion issue there's a question I would like to ask everyone who's in favor of abortion. Are you happy your mother did not abort you? Yeah, gives you one something to think about there, Bill. Thank you so very much. Appreciate that. Indeed, life is sacred. The Bible tells us in Psalm 139 that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are knit together in our mother's womb. Um, and uh, certainly God is the author of life, and uh, shame on us for being ones to take that life, the innocent life in the womb. Uh, one is, uh, uh, humanity is there right at the point of conception. Well, friends, our time is gone here today on Crosstalk, and uh, thank you so much for tuning in today and all this week, a number of critical issues that are before us, and and uh, know this, that if ever uh, you miss a program or catch part of a program, you can go back and listen. We archive these programs on our website at crosstalkamerica.com. You can always take links and forward those to others. Uh, you can listen to Crosstalk On Demand on the VCY app. Look for that in your app store as well and and uh, certainly have access to the programming. But uh, share this program with others. Let them learn, uh, know about the information you have learned here on the broadcast. Well, our time is gone here today. It's Friday. The Lord's Day is coming, and I trust you'll be in a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching local church. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.